What's going on, everyone? Hope you guys are having an awesome week. Today, uh, we are going to be chatting with uh, Evan Kraft about some new music that he's come out with recently, some things he's got coming down the road, and just to hear a bit from him about his experience in, in songwriting and worship leading. Should be a really cool conversation. So without further ado, let's welcome in Mr. Evan Kraft. Evan, how's it going, brother? I like that intro. It was great. <laughs> You know, yeah, we try try and keep it short and sweet so we can get to the so we can get to the good stuff. Appreciate you jumping on here today, man. It's gonna be great. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for anyone that isn't, you know, familiar with kind of your story, kind of where you come from, who you are, maybe you can just share a little bit about yeah, where you're at today, kind of your story of how you got started with worship leading and songwriting. Just give us the the elevator pitch of who Evan Craft is and kind of what got you to where you are today. Yeah, well, I'm from Southern California. Um, my family did not does not speak Spanish still, um, but I my dad started. He was a pastor, so I learned how to play music, learned to lead worship, um, and then he started working at a homeless shelter when I was about 14, maybe before that, and then uh, started another church, and then worked again at the rescue mission, and it was there that I met a lot of people from Central America. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I was taking Spanish classes and I was able to use Spanish. And so it actually became a tool that I was um, using, you know, frequently. And I, I really enjoyed it. Ended up studying in Spain, Costa Rica um, in college, getting a degree in Spanish. And while I was doing that, um, went on a mission trip to Mexico and just fell in love with the people. And, um, you know, I, I had this complex that I was like, oh, I'm going to go be the next Billy Graham, going to be the next uh, big evangelist. And it was uh, the first night, honestly, like God humbled me in such a, a strong uh, way, you know, or like I, I thought, you know, I thought I was going to do all these things and I really didn't even speak the language. I didn't know any songs and I could see the, the hunger for the presence of God in the people. And that was what made me fall in love with it. So I started doing YouTube videos covers Hillsong, Matt Redman, Bethel, anybody. Um, and it started going viral and my YouTube channel took off and then, um, started getting invitations all around Latin America. And I knew I really needed to learn the language to be able to serve. Uh, and so I did that and that took me all over the world. It was a wild eight years. Um, and then I think, you know, maybe to preemptively tell this story, um, I moved to, from, California to Houston, Houston to Medellin, Colombia, which wow. got Medellin, Starbucks. Hey, right here. Uh, then did a, a, a master's in ministerial uh, leadership in Florida and then moved to Nashville where I, for the first time in eight, nine years, really pursued an English song. Um, and that song was called, in Spanish, it was Todo va estar bien. And in English, it was called Be All Right. And so um, that kind of really shifted, you know, my thinking of, wow, what, what God is, where God has taken me, you know, around the world to Latin America, I can actually bring a piece of that um, to my culture. And, you know, so that's uh, kind of where I'm at today. Well, that is, that's awesome, man. So you said you were, I mean, when, at what age did you actually start learning the language then? And like, how long did that take and getting comfortable with that in terms of songwriting? Like how long was that period? You know? Yeah. It kind of, it kind of feels like, I mean, I started learning Spanish at 13 um, and I didn't really, really take it seriously until I was 20. 
Um, you know, so I, I mean, I took Spanish one, two, three, four, five. So I, I was proficient, studied in Spain. And then, but I realized I, I couldn't have a deep conversation. I couldn't really write music. And so I was starting listening, started listening to music in Spanish every single day, movies, books, read the Chronicles of Narnia, read my Bible every day in Spanish, re- listened to re- talk radio in Spanish, yeah. um, met up with friends that only spoke Spanish, tried to meet friends that only spoke Spanish. And it was, um, you know, I started writing very rudimentary Spanish songs, um, yeah. you know, and, and kind of like just taking it from the Bible, from the Bible, from the Bible. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't for a while until I could really start to use metaphors, understand, you know, these different yeah. things, different like words that I had read. Um, but it was just like I was collecting, you know, everywhere I was going, I was collecting a thought, collecting a, yeah. a, a line that I could use in Spanish. And, um, you know, I sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, I don't think I could write that song in Spanish today. <laughs> yeah. So, you know? wow. So oh, I think it was like, it was the point in, that I was at in my life. Um, you know, my Spanish kind of goes up and down. We're at a Spanish church now called yes. Osana Woodlands, Hosanna Woodlands um, in Texas. And it's all Spanish speaking. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I went to the gym with an Argentinian guy. My pastor's Guatemalan. There's Colombians, yeah. Cubans, yeah. Venezuelans. Um, so it kind of keeps me on my toes. Yeah, that's awesome. I guess in a, like something like a question in a weird way, would you say that that kind of like influenced or, or kind of made you like shift your mindset when writing a song? If you like have more or less in the early days, like a, a limited vocabulary, you have this message that you want to communicate, like how, you know, what was kind of the growth it, of that? It really made it, me, it maybe kept me more biblical because I yeah. couldn't go off cuff, right? Like I couldn't say, you know, it wasn't like my ideas. I had to really use like Psalms, Proverbs, yeah, right. um, you know, Bible verses. So like this song has to be about this Bible verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like one of them was called Porto Amor, which is like not by your, not by might, not, but not by power, but by your spirit. Like that was the, the, um, I think it's, I think it's Zechariah 4, 6 um, that I remember like r- having read that. And it was like, that's the, what the song is about. And so it wasn't, as much like, you know, where I feel like sometimes in worship songs, we could just go more into the emotion of you're good, you're good, you're good. And like, or I'm in a storm and we're using metaphors and trying to like it, my songs had to be very theological because I was putting Bible verses together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. That, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I think would be probably challenging, but in a weird way, like, uh, you know, honestly, probably helping you stay true again to what the Bible says, what the scriptures say about this stuff, which I think yeah, is really cool. in my language. I didn't want to um, be writing like something that wasn't true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, yeah. This is my shot. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. That's pretty wild. I love it. Um, from, from your perspective, you're releasing songs, you're, you know, leading worship, um, you know, like Spanish speaking cultures, but then also doing things in English. Like what are the coolest things? I don't know if you have any cool stories as far as like the ways you've seen your songs minister, you know, in both places and how, how have they been different and what has been the same? I don't know. What from your end have you seen? Yeah. I mean, I've met like some missionaries where like, you know, for, from the English side, really been able to be a blessing to them. Cause they're like, man, we've like, we love your music. Mm-hmm. You've been able to translate some of the songs that we love into Spanish, do that so yeah. we can listen to them, share them. 
And then also on the Spanish side, um, you know, like my wife and I had some friends over recently from our church and it was the first time they'd been in like, in a, like in a white American home. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, so beyond just like the musical part where like, definitely, I think the songs have impacted people. I think it goes to the relational part of like, people would always, where they would say to me, why did you learn Spanish? Because you don't need to, you live in the U S you have access to these things. You, and, and they would be like, we want to learn English. And, and I go, well, because I, you know, God really loves your culture too. God yeah, loves you. Right, right. And so it's, been a, it, you know, I think when Hillsong went to Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. which like, you know, maybe to an American, wow, Argentina, it's like so yeah, exotic yeah. and different, but to them, it's just everything they know. Right. And right. Hillsong would say, this is the best city in the world. And people would be confused. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's really not the best city yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, and and they're like, no, it, it, it is. We love it. Mm-hmm. And what that means to people to say, hey, you know, like, I love your culture. I love what God is doing here. And I believe in it. Um, yeah. I think is extremely powerful. And, and it just goes to show that, like, you know, going that extra step of learning someone's language is you really get to get on the level ground with them. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, how do you, that was one of the first things that for me was how do I love my neighbors myself if I'm not willing to learn their language? Wow. Like, Hey, you come on my, into my, on my field, you come into my, you know, playground. I'm going to make yeah. you learn. that, that doesn't, that doesn't disarm people. Yeah. But when, when you learn their language and you say, Hey, I'm doing this because I believe so strongly in a message that God loves you and has created you in his image and his likeness. And he would even use a gringo from thousand Oaks, California, like me to tell you that, you know, it was, it was very effective. And I, and I could see that God was doing that. So I was like, wow, I better prepare myself to, for whatever, whatever is to come. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is, that's so awesome. I'm always just so encouraged. I think like you said, it's like what, you know, better way do we have to show love to our neighbors than to take that step and do that. I mean, it's a big focus here at Loop Community of how we can better, you know, service like that, that side of, of what we do, you know, because that's, it's obviously just so, so important. So to see you being able to kind of have a foot in both camps and kind of be that, um, you know, for those people, I think is, is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's... And that was one of the main things I realized when I first started was, you know, just like maybe loop community and, and services like you guys is that I get to resource the church. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. doing that through easily accessible acoustic versions of songs. So, Hey, you want to find this song? Evan crafted it on in Spanish yeah. on YouTube. And, and it was, it was like, Oh, somebody told me the other day, actually, there's a Guatemalan guy who, who recently moved to Houston and, um, okay. He's like, man, I've I listened to your music since I was a kid. He goes, you okay. made it look easy. You made mm-hmm. it look like I could do it. Yeah. And that, uh, was, like, that was a pretty, that was the first time anybody said that to me. Yeah. Was that I made the, this worship experience not seem like, wow, I need $200,000 of lights, camera, action. Yeah. Let's go. All I need is a guitar or a keyboard. And you can do that in your home. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's, yeah, that's really, really incredible to hear and very encouraging. Um, Sweet, man. Well, tell us, you had a single come out just last month called I Believe, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a little bit about that, kind of the story, writing process, kind of what that song's meant to you. 
Yeah, I believe is um, one of my favorite songs, honestly, because of the lyrics. Um, yeah. It's a it's a worship song, more of a congregational worship song, and it you know it follows the Nicene Creed. You know, I think yeah. a lot of people obviously have done that, um, but the verses are really cool because it you know talks about like I've seen your goodness, I've seen this, mm-hmm. and therefore I believe. I um, I've seen redemption, I've seen uh, the lost find a home. And therefore I believe, you know, and so it's, my pastor was, was when we wrote this song together, um, you know, he was saying, I want to put truth in our, and, and what, and our beliefs into our church's mouth. And so we wrote it first, um, verse in English, then the chorus in Spanish, and then another verse in Spanish. And then I redid everything in English. Um, but I think the, the strongest part of the whole song is just talking about redemption mm-hmm. that, you know, like I, it says, I believe in redemption. I believe, I believe that anybody can come to the feet of Christ and say, God, I need you. I believe in you. Wash me of my sins and that they can be redeemed and restored. And yeah. that's been a testimony in, in my family um, and in a lot of people I know. And so that's, that is the power of the gospel from death yeah. to life, you know, to, um, to heal relationships, to heal marriages and so, you know, if we don't, if we don't believe that, I don't know why we're doing what we do. Right. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think those, yeah, those songs, those, those reminders are just always so, so encouraging and we should never get tired of, of hearing those things. Um, yeah, it's a great, great song for anyone that hasn't yet listened to it. Um, please do. And, and the tracks, by the way, for all of it and stuff, you can get at Live Community too, should you want to leave this at your church. But uh, over the years, you've also like collaborated with a lot of artists and, and stuff too. How would you say that has influenced like your songwriting and things uh, of that nature, just getting to work with all these different artists, both on like the Spanish side and English, just across the board. Like how, how have you seen that influence the way you approach songwriting? I think it's challenged me in a lot of ways. I think, um, you know, learning to work with others and, and allowing God to use their ideas and not like grab onto your own so strongly is, is really important. Like in, in the writing process, like, you know, I started doing a lot of just covers and inviting people to be on the cover with me. Um, mm. And that was really fun. But then like, you know, writing with an artist, like be all right. You know, we co-wrote yeah. with Emilio's and Sean Cook and it was really great. I mean, you know, I think back to it and like, I wrote pretty much the verse and chorus and then Emilio's put on his bridge and that like, I could never have written that mm. just Never would have written that. Never would have been able to, I mean, the producer doing the thing he was doing, um, you know, like it, it really, we're really better together. I mean, there's definitely songs that I need to, you know, that are personal and I need to really like flesh out myself, but being able to work with other artists and see, you know, learn from them. um, I got to write with uh, Matthew West the other day and it was like just incredible to see how brilliant he is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so I really admire those people and, and, and really get, you know, appreciate that I have the opportunity to get into rooms with people that are um, putting songs of hope in, in, on the radio, on people's ears, in their mouths yeah. um, when they sing. So it's been really cool. That's awesome. Um, as you've kind of been leading these songs, you know, and, 
uh, spending so much time, um, you know, leading people in worship? Like, is there anything you've learned just if, if there was a nugget of wisdom or knowledge that you've, uh, you know, taken away from your years of doing this? If you could go back in time, we always like to ask people that we chat with, if you could go back in time, tell yourself something that you know today to maybe encourage yourself, uh, you know, what would that be? We've got a lot of worship leaders tuning in and seeing these things that, you know, they're maybe a little bit newer in that journey or whether it be with songwriting or just worship leading in general. What tips would you give to someone who's yeah early on in that process? I would say like invest in your team in a way that like, you know, don't, I, I would get really frustrated and, and like, you know, we, we were at, I don't know, we were in Bolivia, Argentina, Mexico, different language, different cultures, all this stuff happening. And I would get angry because something didn't come out the way, you know, it was supposed to happen. And I think like, I learned very quickly, you need to treat people with respect. Um, But there are moments that I regret. And I, you know, I've seen this in other worship leaders, I've seen it happen, you know, but like in, in pastors as well, but like, you'll never regret being kind. Mm. You'll never, ever regret, like, you, you know, it, the Bible says that if we don't learn to control our tongue, it gets like a wildfire. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that sometimes we think Easter service is so important that if this isn't right, everyone's going to hell. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, right, right. and the reality is God is sovereign and God is, you know, you get to work with God. And he will use the things he's going to use to get to people. And so you don't have to step on people. You don't have to leave a bloody mess behind in order to get a great worship service. Yeah. Like I would rather go to a church without an LED screen, without all this production and know that they love each other than the biggest, best production. Yeah. Um, I mean, we definitely want excellence. I'm not, in any way, saying that it shouldn't be excellent. But, you know, like at my church, for example, I had to step in this week and lead the band um, because our MD was getting surgery, was out. And I had to get there earlier than before. I had to, you know, things weren't really going, like I had to do an extra rehearsal with everybody and Mm -hmm. I'm not on staff. It's just, you know, extra time. And there are moments of frustration where I'm like, okay, these people are serving. They are excited to be here to worship God and to use their talents. Like be patient, love on them, be kind. And, you know, they're not professional musicians. Like some of them are going to make mistakes and we made mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and knowing like, okay, in the moment, don't, react to the mistake, but then kindly say, Hey guys, these are the things that we can improve upon. And I think that really like, that's a huge thing for leaders because I've seen so many pastors, worship pastors, like lead pastors hurt their congregation because they think that the ministry, like the organization is more important than people. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I had somebody tell me the other day they served for a year and the worship pastor didn't even know their name. Mm. And so I think, you know, I mean, hopefully I'm just preaching the choir, but learn your people's names. Yeah. Like take them out to eat once in a while as a group after church, become a community. I mean, this is what church is all about is like the saints coming together to worship God and not just in, not in in your worship is you're not just a worship leader for 30 minutes on Sunday. 
Right. You are a worship leader all week. And so when you go out to eat, when you hang out together, when you have a community, that is worship. And so, you know, I just, I really want to break this idea of like, if, because I had it when I was younger, I'm the worship leader when I'm on stage and Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want because I have charisma. I have talent. I was young, but the truth is like, we need to lead in like, I mean, Jesus was a servant leader. You know, you go to like, right before he goes to the cross, he is cleaning, washing his disciples feet. Like, I I don't know. I mean, what other clear picture we need in order to understand that like, just because we have a microphone does not make us any more important than anybody else. Yeah. 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 at Leaf Community, I mean, you can imagine, you know, as we're heading into Easter, you know, a lot of people are getting, we kind of have to tell this line of like, yeah, like you said, doing things with excellence, but it's like at the end of the day, you just got to remember that you're there to serve your church body. Yeah. And to be honest, like it starts with your volunteers and the people on your team, you know, because if you're not leading them well and like, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, filling them up and encouraging them, it's like, how can you expect them to turn around and, and give this overflow of, of grace and and stuff to those around them. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Cause man, Easter is and many a- times that we get frustrated at people, you know, I mean, there are moments that it's, it's someone's, you know, sure. Whether it's, you know, they did it purposefully or not, but a <laughs> lot of, I mean, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so yeah. you set a culture, yeah. you set a culture of excellence. You know, if someone is truly not performing, you cannot just continually let them, yeah. you know, fail without like opportunities. Um, but you know, learning, like learning what is important that like how we treat people. And that, that's just what I'm saying is that how yeah. we treat people is that's the thing that we, we have to give an account for Yeah, is, is our lives. Not God is not going to ask you how it went on Easter, 2023. Yeah. He's going to be like, right. Hey, exactly. why did you yell at my son or my daughter on Easter, 2023? <laughs> When, when I was, I'm still happy with their worship. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and I don't know if your experience has been the same, but it's like, even when there are difficulties or someone like there's a misstep, you know, somewhere along the way, it's like typically, at least in my experience, I don't know, you, you can, you can share if this is also the case, but it's those services and those, like those days where like, just God moves in a massive way you know um and it's like it's not worth it to uh to prioritize this perfection this idea of of perfection you know if it if it means not if it means bypassing like yeah encouraging and edifying like your volunteers and things like that if you spend the time preparing then you got to go that's that's the time that we say hey you messed up let's do it again let's do it right again. right but Sunday morning, in between services, yelling at people—I mean, you're just not gonna—you're yeah. not gonna get what you're looking for, right? Yeah, it's a good uh, a good reminder. Um, but yeah, it's a we got a busy week ahead. You have uh, Easter, big Easter plans. Are you leading worship this weekend? Crazy services. I am. Unfortunately, I'm not at my church, which okay. I would have loved to be, but I get to do the next best best thing, which is I get to go to uh, Orlando and be at SeaWorld for a sunrise service. Wow. And I'll make it back for our church is going to do um, some baptisms at a property that um, our church will f- will build. Um, yeah, one that's day. awesome. 
And so I'm really excited about that because I'll make it, I fly back that morning um, after the sunrise service, but I'm really excited. I mean, I get to sing, you know, like Graves in the Gardens at, right. They plan it just so like the sun is coming up at the right moment. And then what a beautiful name to end the working service and, and sing, I believe and stuff. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, And yeah, I think, Tadashi is giving the word, so it'll be oh, it'll be pretty cool. It'll be incredible, man. That that is awesome. I hope I'll be able to catch a, a video or something of you know from from that performance. But uh, yeah, man. Well, that's that's cool. Uh, just looking down the line for Evan Craft. Are there any projects you've got in the works? Um, things that you're excited about for the rest of this year? What can you give us to look forward to? Oh yeah, we've got, I mean we've got a lot of irons in the fire right now. Um, working on a new project for mu- like a music project, an album, yeah. um, which I'm extremely excited about. I have a new song that is going to mix this week called "Lean on Me" um, that I wrote with Danny Goki. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And then um, we have a tour coming up that's going to be a uh, like a benefit tour. So my dad runs a homeless shelter in Los Angeles, yeah. and everything, all the profit will be going. Um, directly to helping homeless shelters. So That's um, majority going to Los Angeles and then the rest of it going to local rescue missions on, on the tour dates on the West coast. And so Very we're cool. just really trying to give the church an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus yeah. uh, and see what's going on and how they can participate. So yeah. that's really exciting. And then um, we're working on a, a book and documentary called the extra mile. So I'm okay. Very excited about that, um, yeah. about something that I did in 2018. And so that one, uh, you know, that's that's in the works, almost wrapping up. And that's, that's really exciting. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, getting all that, trying to continue writing, being, you know, my uh, someone told me one time that I said, how are you, how are you, you know, what's been going on with you? And he's like, just trying to be a good husband. I think that's got to be my number one thing and uh, everything else will kind of fall into place. And so, yeah. Amen. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, yeah. It sounds like you've got, yeah. Like you said, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of things cooking. So that's, I mean, that's going to make for an exciting, exciting year. It'll be cool to watch that all, you know, unfold. So yeah, um, yeah man. Well, that's, that's great. That's, that's all I got, man. I just appreciate you. Yeah. Jumping on here and kind of sharing your heart. I mean, it's so cool just to hear about your ministry and, and uh, the way you're, you're impacting um, all these different communities. So thank you so much for, for the work you're doing. And we're, like I said, we're excited to see what happens going forward. Come on. Awesome. Not a problem. Well, you have a great rest of your day there in thank Houston. You. And uh, we'll do the same here in Nashville. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care, Evan. Yes. All right. Well, that was Mr. Evan Kraft. It was so cool to chat with him about kind of his ministry and the uh, the different things he's got going on with his music, just a really, really cool way that he's able to serve the church and, and serve these different communities and cultures. So if you want any of his tracks, you can go get those at loopcommunity.com if you want to, um, you know, be leading um, that material in your church. So feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about that. But uh, otherwise, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Couldn't do what we do without you. Let us know in the comments what you thought also make sure you hit the subscribe button follow us on facebook youtube stay tuned we got a bunch more stuff coming appreciate you guys see ya